Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek and if this is the first time that you're here, well, welcome. And let me tell you a little bit about what is this all going on, right? So this is a podcast that we talk about solo and cooperative board games, but sometimes, sometimes, once in a month, one week per month, we talk about solo with friends, which is uh, basically we talk about a competitive game, a competitive board game that doesn't have any solo variant, either fan-made or original you know, from the game or the designer. So that is the case for this episode. This is a solo with friends episode. And I'm very excited because this has been like, what, like four weeks already since we have recorded our last uh, game episode. Because let's see, we did the pre-Gen Con episode one week before the Gen Con and then the Gen Con episode, uh, the Gen Con week or a little bit after. Then we did the interview with our friend Artem from Unbroken, uh, from the Unbroken game which if you haven't checked it out, you can go back to the previous episode and check it out after you listen to this one. And then we record an episode with Max Delicia from Solo Mode Games. Uh, and yeah, then after that episode, that you can also check it out, we're going to record uh, today's or tonight or this evening episode, which is going to be a Solo with Friends episode about a game that I had the opportunity to pick it up on Gen Con, which by the way, this game was provided uh, from our friend from Ankama Board Games and Luma Imports. They were very, uh, you know, very nice and very kind to give us a copy for review. And, well, we're going to talk about Monster Slaughter, which, let me tell you, spoiler alert, I was very surprised with this with this game. I remember seeing it uh, probably two years ago, a little bit, probably a little bit more on Kickstarter. But um, I'm very happy that I had a copy because I will tell you why. But it's a, it's a, it's a unique game, Monster Slaughter, and we're going to talk about that today uh, and I want to say thank you to all the followers and all the supporters and all of you amazing listeners that listen to this show that share it with your friends I share it on Instagram Facebook or Twitter thank you so much from the bottom of my heart uh, the plan is to keep going for many 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 more episodes and well this is a solo with friends uh, time we're gonna talk about monster slaughter once again and let's start let's start with the solo BG podcast episode solo with friends in three two one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now here we are. We are ready to talk about Monster Slaughter in another episode of Solo BG Podcast. But before we jump into it, let me tell you, let me share with you what I have been playing recently. So recently I have been playing DC Deck Building Game Rebirth, which is the new edition of the system of the DC Deck Building, pretty much. You know, it's the, I guess, the, the, Mar I'm sorry, the competition for the Marvel Legendary, I guess, if you want to see it that way. So before this version, we had the Deck Building semi-cooperative, semi uh, I guess, you know, pretty much... You're trying to defeat the viewer, trying to defeat the villains, but also get more victory points, just like Legendary, but in a, a little bit different. Ne then they released the Crisis, you know, packs with make the game uh, fully cooperative and fully for solo. And then now with this new edition of River, it's great, great, because if you follow the new River uh, comics from DC, uh, you know, it's pretty much uh, based on the same theme and you're playing the different scenarios and it has a campaign. And now it has a new mechanic where the villains are trying to pursue a certain destination place, a certain location. Then, then uh, if they reach there, they can attack you, and, and you know you can defend. But then super villains will come, and there's a, also a, a danger track level. So it adds a lot of different mechanics to this. Uh, just a basic building, but with great mechanics, like I said, and it makes the games feels completely different. Uh, different. I'm sorry. I'll be playing that. I'll be having a lot of fun. Once again, it's a campaign. A scenario base and once again that's the DC deck building game Rebirth and then I've been playing another game that I did a Kickstarter back on Kickstarter from Renegade Game Studios and in Gen Con back in August it was a huge success well it was still in August actually we're recording on the last the last day of August so anyway probably you will be listening either if you listen today well thank you very much that means that you're <laughs> you're very uh, you know trying to be 
pending of the each episode that is released. But if you listen to this in September, October, whatever month, <laughs> well, this game was released on Kickstarter and then on Genko in 2019, and it's called Terror Below. And if you remember a movie from the 80s, I would say, starring Kevin Bacon, which uh, it's a movie about worms coming out of the you know, from below the earth and trying to hunt these people, well, you're remembering Tremors, probably. And Terror Below, it's based 100% completely on Tremors because they even mention uh, on the rulebook, on the back of the rulebook, Kevin Bacon. So I've been playing that game, which is a pickup of delivery system or mechanic, but very fun. You can play it competitive uh, or you can play it fully solo, 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 because it includes three scenarios uh, that, you know, it gives you a little bit of variance on the setup and on the play, how it plays, and well, it makes the game solo. It's very fun. I've been enjoying it, and that's also another game that I've been playing. I've been playing uh, also a very nice surprise from Ravensburger that it's only a Target exclusive, and give, we're not giving any commercial, but it's a game that is Target exclusive, and it's called Horrified, and it's based on the Universal Monster uh, Studios, I guess the Universal Studios Monsters. So you're fighting against Dracula, about the creature from the Black Lagoon. You're uh, against Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Bride of Frankenstein, the Werewolf, and all those monsters from Universal Studios. You're fighting against them, and it's a fully cooperative game. Fully, I guess, if you want to play it solo too, because it's, it's made one to five players. And it's a great game. Honestly, it was the big surprise of Gen Con. I was looking forward because the theme is a very appealing to me, just like uh, this episode uh, game, which is once again Monster Slaughter. I love the theme of monsters, but more when it's like from the 80s pop culture, I guess. Uh, so Horrified was a great pickup. You can pick it up on Target. Like I said, it's exclusively uh, for tar from Target. Uh, and it's a great game by Ravensburger. I'm having a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Also, I've been playing Western Legends by Colossal Games. It's like a sandbox. Basically, you're playing Red Dead Redemption, the video game. But even better because in a board game, I've been playing that. In all these games that I'm mentioning, I'm looking forward to do episodes about them. Also, I've been playing Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist board games by the OP or US Opoly. And well, basically on this game, uh, one person takes the role of John McClane and the, and the other person, well, they are the thieves and they're trying to kill John McClane. Uh, and it's based on the first original movie of Die Hard. Basically, you're playing through the movie. Now... I was very hyped about this game. I was looking forward to get a copy for myself on Gen Con. I demo it and <laughs> well, my expectations went a little bit lower. Now, sometimes that can happen when you go to Gen Con and you know, you have a, I guess a bad time of demoing a game and neither the demo, the person that is demoing the game is already tired after be showing the game for 500 times before your turn. And that could be it, or sometimes it's just a game, and you know, and my hypes went down on Jankel, and I was also talking with my friends, I remember over there, and I was questioning them, like, should I get a copy, should I get a copy, should I get a copy? And they were like, well, I don't know, I mean, it's probably better for two-player games and whatever. So then my friend Jonathan had the, uh, you know, the courage, I guess, to grab a copy, and we play it, and I don't know what's being still about the game. I want to try it again. We played three players. I was playing as a John McClane, or Bruce Willis, if you want to call it. Um, the Mexican Bruce Willis, I guess. <laughs> but um, I had fun, but, you know, I want to try it again before I jump to any conclusions. So anyway, I was playing Die Hard and Akatomi Heist, or Haste, uh, the board game by the OP. Also, another big surprise and match, Battle of the Legend, a skirmish game, which is two to five players, I believe, or it could be two to six. Uh, probably I'm wrong on that, but it's a very fun game. Basically, on teams, you're trying to fight with people like Robin Hood, like, um, I don't know, Merlin and different legends, I guess, and it's a very fun game. I've also been playing Deep Space D6 with the expansion. I had the opportunity. I know this is an old game uh, back from 2017, I think, or 16, but I just picked up a physical copy. I had the print and play. I picked up the physical copy on Gen Con with the expansion. It's good. Good solo game. Uh, you know, rolling a little dice and trying to make your ship survive. And, you know, why not? We can do an episode in the future about it, too, and talk about it. Uh, also... I've been playing Sojourn from Wyvern Games. Now, Sojourn, uh, the people from Wyvern Games, they were very kind and very nice, like just as, as the people of the Ankama board games, and they had me a copy of Sojourn. And, you know, I've been playing it. And let me tell you this, if you like solo games, mainly solo games, because that game is mainly for solo. <laughs> if you like solo games and uh, time travel and all that stuff, well, you're going to enjoy Sojourn. I don't want to spoil you too much because 
we're gonna do an episode about it but it's a very good game and the art well woo, you know it's um some people they can feel a little bit sensitive about the art because just to throw you a little bit of a spoiler for example one of the cards is the 9-11 you know unfortunately the 9-11 uh you know, uh, thing, you know, one other thing, 9-11, you know, the tragedy. So anyway, on the on the card, um, well, is graphically there. So those are the things are like, for example, the assassination of JFK. Well, also you have the picture of, you know, not the the real JFK, of course, but um, you have like the car and, and things like that. So I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's a great game, very immersive. Uh, but the art can be a little bit sensitive for some people, but it's a good game. We will talk about it in a future episode as well. Sinister Six, well, that's a game where you're the bad guys from the Spider-Man uh, multiverse, and, well, you're trying to uh, get away with heist and get more loot, but be careful because Spider-Man and his friends are there to catch you. So Sinister Six, it's a great game that it plays up to six players, so definitely a solo with friends. And uh, if you're playing six players, that's the best uh, thing to do because if you played five, four, well, the, the, the game will still be good, but if you played uh, all the way from three players or less, that means three or two, it won't be as such a good experience, but it's a great six player, five player games. Like I said, for a solo with friends episode, Sinister, Sinister Six. Also, the island of El Dorado. Um, it's a good game. The refugee, a race for survival. Also, we got it from Gen Con. Monster Slaughter, the one that we're going to talk about tonight, of course, when we've been playing it like crazy. Everdale, Everdale, a very fun game that we were also going to talk about that game in the near future, a solo with friends episode, but it also has a solo variant, so we can do it just in a solo VG podcast. Why not? In that way, we don't have to waste too much for a solo with friends. Anyway, Sierra West and Heavy. Well, I don't know if it's Heavy, but it's definitely a Euro game that you can play it solo as well. It has a great, great solo mode by David Thursday, by my friend David Thursday, and it works fantastic. I always said, you know, sometimes when you get games and you see the designer on the main uh, box, it's already a guarantee that it's a good game. In this case, David Tursey, he designed the solo mode and it's fantastic. That's once again, Sierra West. We also play God of War, the card game. I guess I'm just going to mention them because there's still uh, a, a lot of our games. Spirits of the Wild, Holmes, Sherlock's versus Minecraft from uh, Dever, Funkoverse, the strategy game, and Splendor, the Marvel edition. And legendary a James Bond deck building game that was went very good. It's challenging. It's definitely it's definitely a different feel from a, from a legendary. Now that game was the main theme or the main game, of course, has been and that has been on the last probably more than five Jenkins. You know, upper deck takes the main theme of the Jenkin, and in this case was uh, James Bond the Legendary Edition. Now let me tell you this: I'm a huge fan of the James Bond franchise, but that has nothing to do. Well, probably it does, <laughs> but uh, the game is fantastic. It plays very well, and you know that my filters are always that it needs to be challenging, and you can die. Well, definitely, you can die on this game, and basically, you have the same system of, you know, deck building. You're uh, drawing cards, and, you know, the drawing six cards in return, and you have your, your deck, and but also, it's also with, you know, the James Bond theme, but it also adds a mission cards that you need to complete before they reach the end of the... I guess of the city in this in this case the assignment zone, and also you have a danger level that it will be increasing every time that a mission escapes or that you're not able to complete a mission, and if the danger level reaches seven, well you're done. Or if the card says otherwise, like the mastermind, if it says if, or the scheme, if it says that the, if the danger level reaches five, let's say you're you're done, well that will be it. So that mechanic of the danger level. Adds more difficulty, but at the same time, more fun to the game. Once again, this is a James Bond legendary. We will have an episode about it. That's why I don't want to spoil you too much with the theme, with the characters, and the different mechanics that it brings to the game. Well, and those are just a few of the games that I've been playing after Jenkin. Because once again, uh, some of the publishers and designers, they were very kind and very friendly. And they hand us copies of game as you know in order to review those games and to talk about those games on the podcast and i'm very grateful with all of them and you know like always i will always tell you whenever i had a, i got a, a game for review that means a, basically a game for free from the pod uh, from the publishers and companies i will always let you know before i start to share my thoughts because um you know i, I feel like we need to be you know always for of course always honest but also i need to give you my honest reviews and, I, and you deserve to know if I got the game for free or if I bought a game because that could, you know, change things a little bit. But let me tell you this. 
from my end, it won't matter at all because I will tell you what I really think. And, you know, I usually enjoy them, but, you know, I will tell you what I think. But anyway, I just wanted to say that because I got a few from Jenkins, which once again, I'm very appreciated, but I always going to give you my uh, honest opinion about them. So anyway, we're going to talk about Monster Slaughter. And with that being said, let's see how the box and cover looks. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the game. And let me tell you, this is a big, big box. You can hear here the good quality. That's the box, it's not actually a door. <laughs> but anyway, it's a big, big box, but here it comes. The art is magnificent for the box and cover, but when I say the but, it's because you need to be very, 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 when I say very, I insist in very, careful with the box because you don't want the box to be hit or damaged from any single corner. And you will know why I say this once we jump into the inside of the box, but first of all, if you see this box, and I hope not, but if it's a little bit damaged, we'll get another copy. Now, if you get this game from our friends from Ankama Board Games and Ankama.com, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna make sure that you get the box, uh, you know, in great, great conditions because the box matters for this game. Uh, you can do some other strategies. Once again, it will make more sense while we're talking, once we talk what is inside the box. But anyway, just to make sure. Now, the art is beautiful. The art that you get on the main box, it's like this cabin on the backgrounds on the woods and you have the different types of monsters. Everybody's looking towards the inside the cabin and trying to hunt the people that it seems that they're having a party. You can see over there the werewolves like they're hunting and then you see all the ghouls like the tridents I guess you know I don't know if you call them ghouls or tridents I call them Frankensteins. <laughs> all the Frankensteins they're like trying to reach the cabin too and then you see like the little the son of the werewolves, like with his skateboard also, getting closer to the cabin and you have some vampires on the side. And, and anyway, you have all the monsters there on the main, or most of the monsters on the main cover. And then it says monster slaughter with slashy kind of type uh, letters. Very nice, very thematic. It's those kinds of games that you see on your, on your game store. And it's like, oh, like, I don't know how that thing plays, but I want to get a copy because the box looks very cool. Anyway, it says, um, that he plays 14 year plus, which, and Kama Board Games, why did you did that? I don't think he plays 14 year plus. I think he could play easily, well, sometimes 10 year old plus. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, it's a good thing because that, you know, increased the, I guess, the amount of players that he can be. And that, with that being said, this is a game that you can play with your family because I think that anybody that is 10, year old, 10 years and above, he can, you know, play this game. Now, I don't know if they did it because of the theme or whatever, but... It's, anyway, it says that it plays 14, 14 euro plus. Now, it says that it plays 45 to 60 minutes. I would say that I agree once you know the rules and once you know how the mechanic works. I've been playing this game two players, three players, four players, five players. And it's, it's very close to the time frame. Uh, the two-player version, well, it's a, probably a little bit faster. Probably will take you like 30 minutes, 40 minutes at most. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's kind of accurate, 45 to 60 minutes. Once again, once you know their rules and once everybody knows the mechanic. Now, uh, some people, they say like, well, you know, the first game it took is like, you know, two hours or whatever. Well, it's because, you know, for the first turn, it's always take a little bit more when you're trying to teach people. What I do, and this is something that I do or I try to do sometimes, it's a, it's a good idea to, um, to give a tutorial round. You know, you, you, sh you show the game as a tutorial round and that way everybody learns different mechanics. And then you play the real game and in that way, you can take that time and consideration only and not the tutorial and the teaching part. But anyway, it says that it plays 45 to 60 minutes and is that it's uh, two to five players. Uh, yeah, I've been playing all those uh, variants. I don't think, I think there's a solo variant that I saw the other day on Board Game Geek, but this is the kind of game that probably, probably works great as it is, like I said, solo with friends, you know, fully competitive. Um, I don't see why not. They can probably come up with an expansion that allows you to play solo. But until that, well, I think the game works great like that. But I am spoiling too much already about the gameplay and my thoughts. But anyway, and it's also, it says that the idea of the game is by Henry Pym. I hope I pronounce it correctly. And then that is published by Ankama Board Game. And the illustrations are by Edward uh, Guyton or Gitan and also Kim Edinoff. And then on the sides of the box, like I said, it's a big box. You have the illustrations once again. You have the, the werewolves, the, I call once again the Frankensteins. The vampires, uh, who do you have there? Oh, uh, and the other werewolf there. So it's a big, big box. And then on the back of the box, well, 
you have before you open it, because it will change once you open it, on the back of the box, well, you have, you know, it tells you get ready for the slaughter and flip the script to the 80s horror movies with a monster slaughter. As the head of the family of monsters hunt down and slay a group of college kids holed up in a cabin in the middle of the woods. Pick up your monster family, decide when your victims should die, that's important, we're going to talk about that on the game mechanics. And, and then make it happen, scare your victims, find where they're hiding and then try to slaughter them before the other monsters get to them. It includes you 31 unique miniatures, but that I will tell you in our next section, which is inside the box. Once again, the back of the box will change and you will see why once we jump into the next section. So we're going right now there. This is inside the box. Okay, so now that we are inside the box, let's open this uh, bad boy here, and like I said, there's a lot of components here. You, you love, you know that I love to do this. Okay, so there it is. So what do you get inside the box? You get uh, one 3D cabin. Well, let me tell you this. The first thing that you unwrap the box, you will see that the back of the box will change because what is on the back of the box is actually like a poster paper, and now on the back of the box you have a blue moon over there on the night that it says. Monster slaughter. Okay, so first of all the poster came the poster I explained you how kind of briefly how the game plays and well not, not explain how the game plays But you know talk to you about briefly about the game and the components. But anyway now that you take the wrap away from the box You gonna find out that inside you will have one 3d cabin uh, Four internal walls five outdoor ground tiles uh, one 3d tool uh, shed which is like an expansion um, once again s h e d because <laughs> My accent is very bad, but it's like the storage place that you use to storage the tools and whatever, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> outside of the house. That's why I said uh, the 3D tool shed. Okay, it's shed. S-H-E-D. I don't want to get confused with the other one because of my accent. Also, eight color cubes, nine doors and five barricades, 10 dice, 200 tokens and marker, 21 monsters, five surprise visitors, five party guests, and 102 cards. So if you sleep your cards, make sure that you have 102 sleeps for your cards for Monster Slaughter. A very nice thing that I remember on the Kickstarter, um, the, the shed or the storage, let's call it, <laughs> it was an expansion only for the Kickstarter. But now you have, I guess on the release version of this game, they include the Kickstarter version. So that's pretty cool. I like when the games do that. And now you have the expansion with the core or the base game. Anyway. The back of the box, it's also inside the box. And why? Well, because the back of the box is your main board. It's not the whole thing, but it's the main board. So the back of the box, if you take it away from the box, it's the cabin and the walls, the four walls of the cabin that you will place in the middle of the other mat that you will be assembling on the game. That's why I was telling you that you need to be very, very, very careful with your box because you don't want to you don't want your box damaged because then the the cabin will be damaged and the worst part of the cabin you can be like well whatever i don't care if it gets you know a little bit bumped from one side or whatever no you care you need to care because the walls and the doors they will be uh kind of assembling or attaching to those walls too i mean yeah to the i guess to the borders of the cabin so if one of them is smashed well you know it will probably it will be you will have a hard time putting the walls and all the stuff now, the point of the game and the mechanics, the monster wants to smash the doors, but you don't want the box to be smashed in real life. So that's why I will be, I was telling you again, please be careful with the box because I'm pretty sure our friends from Onkama Board Games, they will send you the box in great conditions, like brand new. So you need to be careful storage wise, that's why I'm speaking. Be careful with the box in the game, the box is big. Um, so just be careful, but it's a nice box that you can display because it does kinds of games Like I said that if you see it on the game store and you see it, you're like, oh, you know I want to get a copy of that. I don't know how it plays, but I want to get a copy because it, it looks great. But anyway That's what you get inside the box and now that we talk about that um, Let's jump and see how the game plays. I will tell you how the game plays briefly I, I will tell you the mechanics and I will tell you uh, the interesting things about the game uh, and the components and all the stuff well I guess uh, I can tell you right now before we jump there, but the, the miniatures are great. That's one thing. The miniatures are great for this game. You have the three uh, monsters for each family. Like I said, the different families, I can tell you right now, are the aliens, the clowns, the critlings, the ghosts, the golems, the maniacs, the mummies, the tritons, the vampires, the werewolves, and the zombies. And you get miniatures for all those families, which is great. The dice, the quality of the light, the dice, I'm sorry, 
Um, you have dice, green dice, that they are the monster dice, and then white dice, that they're the human or survival dice. They're very good quality too. You get extra tokens. The cards, very standard quality, nice illustration, nice graphic. They feel good on the hands. They're good to shuffle. They're good to draft, to, you know, give to the other players. That's great. Also, a very nice thing that I like from the, from the main board um, is that you get like little pieces of board. Once again, you're going to hear it here. You know, nice quality, very standard uh, board. And with those ones, you're going to be, you know, kind of assembling them and they will, uh, uh, we, they will be the surrounding of the cabin. So the cabin will be, will be surrounded by another cardboard mat. And in each of one of those cardboard mat, you will have different sections for the, each room of the cabin. You will also have the hell track for the survivors. You have the space to place every survivor. You have the discard deck. You have also the different slots for the different uh, turns because this game it starts at uh, 12 a.m. and doesn't end until 8 a.m. So you have basically eight rounds to finish the game. And tokens are great. You have the rulebook, which um, uh, the rulebook, it works fine, you know. It explains you the game uh, very nice. I had to go to Board Game Geek for a little bit of my doubts and concerns about some rules, but uh, basically they explain you the game, uh, you know, in a very um, good, uh, you know, way. I guess um, it could be a little bit slightly better, I guess, in some in some aspects, but other than that, I mean, it, it, it helps. It works great, the rulebook. Sometimes you have awful rulebooks from Kickstarter games. In this case, well, even if the game was originally on Kickstarter, but now it's a, a release game, um, you know, uh, it, it makes, it has a good rulebook. Now, what I like is it has a, a scenario rule book as well that it gives you all the, the game comes with all these extra tokens and and stuff that on the base game you will be like whoa why do i need this why do i need that well it's because the game includes a, a scenario book that it gives you a total i will tell you right now i'm opening here it will give you a total of eight scenarios i haven't played none of them but they give you eight scenarios and that's a good thing because just that it tells you that it has a lot of replayability because you have the replayability of the base game that I've been playing in a lot, like I said. And then you have the replayability of the scenarios too. So it gives you the main, I guess, story game that you can play with your friends and then different scenarios. So that's a good thing. And the components are great. The cardboard, the walls, the doors, they're great quality. The miniatures, like I said, they're very fun to paint. They're great quality too. The expansion, great quality. Everything fits very well in the box. Everything has their own space. Even if you sleep the cards, you will have still a little bit more extra space for, for something else. So that's a good thing. I like when the games, uh, you know, the, the companies and the publishers, uh, they worry or take, take in consideration about that. Because me personally, I'm a, a player that sometimes likes to sleep uh, his cards, you know, depends on the game. But And I'm pretty sure a lot, of, a lot of you amazing listeners do the same thing. So this game on the storage, it gives you an extra space to put the cards even if they're asleep. So anyway... That's, I guess, what I have to say for the inside the box. Once again, great components. Um, it looks very fun. I mean, it looks fun. Even before you play it, it gives you that feeling that it's a very fun game. Um, let me show you. Uh, you know, it's a game that it will look very, 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 very good on the table. And like I told you, I mean, just the box looks very good. So and with that being said, let's see how the game plays the mechanics. And I'll be telling you after that what I think of the game. So let's go over there. Gameplay. For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on. And okay, so now we are in the gameplay section of the show, and I would like to explain you briefly and kind of simple how the game plays. Well, the first thing you're going to do is build the cabin. Remember when I mentioned about the back of the box? Well, here we are. So you're going to build the cabin, which is the back of the box and then surrounding it by the mat that you're going to assemble that I already explained with. The, well, I already told you what is each part that you will be assembled around the cabin. 
uh, on the previous version. And like I told you, those cardboard mats, they will have sections for the guests and for the decks and for the health racks and all this stuff. So anyway, you're going to build the map, you're going to have the setup, and then you're going to invite the party guests, which is the five uh, main characters of this story. And like I told you at the beginning, one of the cool things about the game is that it's, uh, the atmospheres is about the 80s horror cult movies, basically. So, um, you know, kind of like a pop culture of the 80s and horror movies. So you have the quarterback of the movie, of course. You have the geek guy, which is, you know, the, always the, the one that is creating, creating bombs and all those artifacts around the people. And the nerd. And you also have the cheerleader, of course. And, you know, all the, all the characters that you know, probably from all those classic movies from the 80s. So anyway, once you invite all those five guests, well, you're going to, each guest is going to have a card that you're going to be uh, shuffling in each uh, room of the cabin deck of cards. Now those decks will have uh, not only the guests, they will also have cards that will help you during the game to uh, help those survivors or guests to uh, avoid being defeated or being attacked from the other monsters. And that will make more sense in a little bit. But anyway, so you're gonna, after you assemble all those guests, well, next thing, you, next thing you're going to do is prepare for the night. So basically what, it's gonna, what you're going to do is you're going to choose which family of monsters you're going to be. And then... Uh, in clockwise order, I guess, you can select each of the players, the family that they want, right? There's no um, specific, you know, I guess, uh, of uh, like very strict instructions about it. It's just basically every time that I've been playing is that, okay, which one do you want to be in? Which one do you want to be in? We go from there. So you have, for example, the aliens, like I mentioned, the, the clowns, the cripplings, the ghosts, the golems, the maniacs, the mummies, the tritons, the vampires, the werewolves, and the zombies. So once each one of us or the players choose the, their creature they're going to play, well, they're going to grab the three miniatures for the monster family, the mom, the dad, and the son or daughter, and also the three cards that they will tell you how many actions each character has, um, what is the, uh, you know, if they have ability, they usually share the same ability, and how many, do how many dice, do how many dice they will roll during each action or during each step. Now... After you do that, the important thing, the important thing comes up to play. Because this next step, it's what makes, it what helps to make this game unique. Is the bidding kind of aspect of the game. And even if at the beginning it doesn't have any strategy because you don't know where the survivors are. Because when you invite the guests, you shuffle those five cards face down. And then you put one in each room of the cabin face down with other cards. So you don't know where, which, where each survivor is. This is the part where you're going to play kind of like beating. And then it will help you to have a better strategy during the game. So what you're going to do, like I told you, there was five guests. To each player, you're going to give five tokens. That on one side, it shows a picture of the character. That means the quarterback, the cheerleader, the nerd, the geek, all those guys. And on the other side, it just has the logo of Monster Slaughter. So basically, going from left to right, you're going to choose the order of how you think they're going to be killed during the game. So, for example, on first place, I will place the quarterback face down from left to right. And then uh, the geek guy, uh, you know, the geek guy is going to be the second place face down. And then the cheerleader ter third place and so on. And the cool thing about the game is that during the game, Let's say I have the quarterback on my first place and the player on my right kills the quarterback. Even if he kills, he or she killed the quarterback, they get the points for the wounds and the points for killing the guy. Well, if, if the quarterback was my first option or was on my, on my row of killing my bidding or killing on my first place, I will put it face up and I will get a token, a brain token, which it will give me more victory points at the end of the game. So that's why I'm saying it. this is the bidding part where you want to be like, okay, I, I think this guy is going to die first, and then this guy, and then this girl, and so forth, until you get the five characters. They won't, be, they won't be able to move during the game. That will be it. So you're bidding on that order. Then, on top of one character, you're going to choose which character is going to be your favorite meal. That's the character that you want to kill, that you don't want anybody else to kill. You have to kill that one because that one will give you points at the end of the game. Five points, actually, which is a lot for this game. So anyway, let's say I put the quarterback. He was going to be in the first place. And the cheerleader, which it was my third place on the order of deaths, I guess. I will select her as my favorite meal. So that means 
that if my player on the left or the player on my right, at some point they found her in the cabin and they're trying to kill her, I will try to help her in order to avoid to be killed, right? Because I want to kill her. Uh, but, I mean, and so forth. So anyway, so that's the beating part of the game. So once you have that, then the game will start with the first phase. Like I told you in the beginning, uh, the board, it has, it goes from, the game is played during eight rounds. It starts at midnight and it ends at 8 a.m. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to activate your, your monsters, right? So you're going to activate one monster per turn. And one monster, the monster will have different actions. They can move, of course, from one, you know, at, at, from one place to another adjacent place, inside or outside the cabin. They can peek, which basically is if you're outside the cabin, well, the monster is peeking through the window. You can review the top car of that particular room that you're peeking on. And at least you see what is it, the top, the main car on the top. And that way you can see, well, you know, probably here is the survivor that I wanted to kill. Uh, the other thing that you can do is scare. So basically what you're doing is scaring the survivors away from one son to another room. And if that room is empty, well, the survivor will hit again on that room. And that, you want, you want to do it when somebody else is trying to kill your favorite meal. So that's the action, just to give you an example where you can do also on the turn. You can also search. So once you are in a, in a room on the cabin, you can roll the dice. Let's say that your monster say that you can roll three dice. You will roll three dice. And depends on the number of success that you get, you're going to draw a card from that deck. If you draw a survivor, you put a face up and you place the survivor miniature on the cabin. If you draw items, well, you keep those items for you. It's going to be your hand that is going to help you during the game. You can smash doors because the monsters, of course, they don't know how to open a door. They don't know how to ring a bell or anything. They are, they are not polite at all. They're just trying to kill and smash people and destroy everything. So they can smash doors. And smash doors is very cool. Because you roll your die, and if you have, if you get one success, you smash that door. You remove the door, which is great quality, by the way, from the cabin. And now the cabin will have the cabin will have like a smash a space, you know, very cool. And that door, you're gonna keep it with you, and there's gonna be one victory point at the end of the game too. So the monsters, they're not polite, and they like to smash doors. Definitely, they like to do that. Um, and the other, the last thing that you can do. But no less important, actually more important, well, is to attack. You can attack the survivors. You want to kill them. So basically, it's very simple. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's some abilities that you can use during the game, which I won't explain. But basically, as a monster, you're going to roll certain numbers of dice. According to the, num the monsters that you're playing, usually the dad is the more stronger one. So he rolled more dice. So you're going to roll dice against the survivor. Some survivors, they roll dice in defense, some of them they don't, but some of them they have abilities of avoiding the first attack or something like that. Uh, and that's where the other players can come and play their hand. Because let's say I'm in the room of the cabin, I'm in one of the rooms in the cabin on the living room, and I'm going to attack the quarterback, right? But let's say that the player on my right, his favorite middle of the quarterback, even if I don't know, right? So he can, he and the other players, they can decide to play one card from all of their hands, they can decide to play one card to help the quarterback to defend my attack. So they're gonna choose a card probably that shows three dice. So basically the quarterback is gonna roll his die, if he has one, plus the three dice for the item that my other players or my other friends are giving to him. So then the chances of me hitting him, it will be less, right? Because he will, pro he will have probably more dice than me. So if we tie, on results, well, usually, well, the ability of the quarterback is that he kicks you out of the cabin. And once again, if he kicks you out and the room gets empty, he can hit in that same deck of cards. You're going to remove the miniature from the board and hit his card between that deck, depending on the room that he is. Now, <clears throat> that's only with the quarterback if you tie. If you win, well, you make certain amount of wounds. And you're going to keep the track of those wounds in the borders spade of the hell track of the survivors. And every time that you make a wound against a survivor, you get one victory point token. Well, it's actually two victory points per wound. But the tracker will stay the same, like I mentioned. Now, let's say, let's put an example that everybody has been making wounds against the cheerleader, right? Like three, everybody has been making one wound against the cheerleader. And now the cheerleader is only one uh, more wound to go away on the hell drag. And I happen to find the cheerleader and I give her the final blow, the final kill, the final smash, the final slash, the final thing, like what you, however you want to call it, the final, she's dead because of me. Alrighty, that means that I get the wound token, but also because I was the one that killed her, 
I get another token that also give me victory points at the end of the game. So it's very important that you want to be the monster also that gives the final blow, the final kill on every single character because that will give you more points. So that's the last action attack, which once again is going to give you victory points per wound and per a final attack. Now, after you do your actions according to the number of actions that you have in your monster, which is usually two or three, then you're going to reveal a card from the event deck. And that event deck, things can happen. Like, for example, you could say like, well, guess what? The police shows up at the cabin. So you bring the police character, which is an extra guest that doesn't give you any final uh, blow, I guess, final uh, wound at the victory points, I guess, if you kill him. But he also gonna have a, is going to have an ability that is going to help the survivors. So more guests can come during, during the event deck, right? So you're going to be flipping the, uh, one card from, event, uh, from the event deck per turn, and then you're going to advance to the next turn. Now, the monster that you activate on the previous round, it will stay face down, and you cannot activate it anymore. So now you need to activate the other monster. And then you're going to do the same over this round, same number of actions, clockwise order for the players, then event deck, and then advance to the next hour in the midnight. I mean, you will start at midnight, now we're running 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So by that point, you have two of the monsters exhausted already. They cannot activate. You only have one more option. Then on the third turn, which is going to be 3 a.m., well, then you're going to use the last character that you have. You're going to resolve the event, but then all the characters get face up again, and you can use, you can start with any character you want from your monster family again. And you will be doing that all the way until the clock reaches, reach, I'm sorry, to uh, 8 a.m. And what's going to happen is at the end, even if all the survivors survive, no matter, it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to win. The only way that the game can end before 8 a.m. is if all the survivors were already dead. That's the only way. And at the end of the game, well, you're going to coin points or everybody's going to count their points and they will get a result. And whoever has more points is going to win. So basically, you're going to count the number of wound tokens that everybody has. Like I told you, every time that you uh, perform a wound to a player, or to a character better said, you get a wound token. Also, all the final blows, or final blows, or final kills, or final wounds, or whatever you want to call it. Whoever killed the, the guy that gets a token. Also, those ones, they get a token, which is two, victory point, two extra victory points. And then the dead orders, which was the beating part at the beginning. Uh, every brain token will give you three victory points. So you will count how many brain tokens you have by the beating correctly at the beginning. And those will give you victory points too. The favorite meals. Also, whoever who kills his favorite meals, they get five points at the end of the game. This is where you count it. And lastly, the doors. One point for each door that you smash. And at the end of the game, whoever has more points... Win the game, uh, the game, like I said, you can get points through making wounds, to the beating on the dead order, giving the final attacks or the fatal blows, um, you know, get, having the favorite meal, the doors. There's many ways, there's too many ways to get points in this game. Uh, and at the end, whoever has the most points, it's going to be the winner of the monster slaughter. Now let's go to the next section of the show, which is my favorite, which usually is if you prefer this game to play solo or cooperative, but in this case, since it's solo with friends, is what do I think about the game? Does it play fun? Does it play not too fun? Let's see what I think on the next section of the solo with friends episode. Solo with friends. Okay, so now we are in the section of what do I think about this game with solo with friends. Well, first of all, like I told you at the beginning, this game was given to me by the very kindly people of Ankama Board Games. And it was given to me for review. And to be honest, I was it caught my attention on Kickstarter when it was released, I think, back on 2017. Which, for some dumb reason, I didn't back it up. And I say dumb reason because it's a very good, entertaining, very smooth, nice mechanic, uh, different and unique game. Definitely Monster Slaughter has more pros than cons. And let's start with the pros. Well, the pros, first of all, it has the replayability aspect that I always love in games. Because once again, you can play the main game, the base game, without any scenario, just the base game, 
many, many times, and it can go very different every time. So that adds a lot of replayability. Second, you can add the expansion, like I told you, the storage or the shed, uh, which once again is S-H-E-D. Not to confuse with the other word. I'm sorry about my accent, but yeah. So you can play with that expansion, which made the games harder a little bit because the survivors now can go and hide over there and it's more harder to get them away from there and to attack them. And it's, it's a lot of different things with that uh, new expansion or that expansion that came in the core set. So with just, like I said, the base game and then that one adds a lot of replayability. Also, you have eight scenarios that you can play and there are sort of like movies or stories that they're telling you during each scenario. So it's cool, it's very nice. And it has some extra tokens and some uh, rule variants that change the game slightly. So that adds more replayability. So replayability that the game definitely has it. Second thing, visual. It looks fantastic on the table. It looks amazing. Um, it's one of probably visualizing speaking. Um, it's probably one of my, the most that I like, or, you know, it's, it's definitely very good. Like the other day I was with some friends at a gaming store. And we pulled it up. Well, actually, I guess I can mention the store Game Preserve South in Green in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and we were playing some of our friends and I. And everybody that was there, they having a, like I think like a magic tournament or something. And they were looking at the table and they were like, oh, what is that? That looks cool. And this and that. Because the, the, the board is mainly 3D. I mean, like I told you at the beginning, the, the back of the box is the cabin, but it's all cardboard 3D. The miniatures are great. So it has that 3D, I guess, aspect of a game. And... It makes it seem very cool, actually. And the art in the cabin is very good, very high detail. The living room, nice, uh, like, cartoon, I guess, um, you know, graphics. But it's very cool, very nice, very well done, very well developed. So the art and visualizing speaking, the game works fantastic. The, the quality of the miniatures and the components is very good, too. I was very, very, very pleasant with the miniatures. They're very fun to paint, if you like to paint miniatures, because the monsters, especially, they are big miniatures. So they're a little bit bigger than the survivors, but they're very cool to paint. The, the details on the miniatures are very great. The components are great. And also the survivors, which they are like a little bit more, I guess, normal mini size. Those are very good quality too as well. So that's another thing. The theme, me personally, I like the theme a lot. I think that the theme is very appealing for a lot of people. Almost everybody likes or remembers uh, you know, those times with the 80s horror movies, like that pop culture that bring a lot of nostalgia. And also it's still now like, you know, very high because of uh, shows like Stranger Things and so forth. Or for example, the new remakes of the movies Eat and now the chapter two that is going to be released this month of September. So all those things are very hot right now. And the theme, at least for me, is very appealing. Uh, and I like it, I love it, I enjoy the theme, and definitely this game feels thematic, feels, um, you know, Im immersive in their own category of game and the theme. So that's another good thing. The other nice thing is that it's a game that you can show pretty much anybody. Because it's a game, once again, that probably you want to play a turn as a tutorial, but you can teach it to everybody. And it could be a good uh, door or, or a window for somebody to come into the hobby because this is a game that you can bring probably to a dinner with friends or like a, you know, a, a, a couple's a date night or something. I don't know, if you get together with friends and, you know, they don't play games, well, you bring this game and I'm pretty sure everybody will enjoy it. Now that we're close to a fall and Halloween and all this stuff, this is a, probably a game that you want to bring up in Halloween and, you know, play with people and probably bring more people to the hobby. So it's very easy to play, like I mentioned at the beginning. They put 14 year old plus, I think this is a game can go all the way 10 year old plus and you can show it. Uh, for people that are already in the hobby and they're very immersed in the hobby, this is a great game too because it doesn't feel simple. And the strategy that it, it gives you with the bidding aspect that then you can you know, try to play around during the game, it's also a very interesting thing. So I feel like the game, even if at the beginning doesn't have too much strategy with the bidding, that bidding part will make you have, it will push you to probably Think about some strategy in order to win the game. So the game, it's another con. It has a good strategy on the thing. So theme, replayability, strategy, visualizing, components, makes a great game of Monster Slaughter. Now, the con. The only thing that I found on this game is the box itself. The box, the art is very nice, don't get me wrong. The size of the box is very fantastic too. I mean, it's big, but it, it needs to be because everything that you're getting, it's a lot. And it's great quality once again. 
But my only thing is the back of the box. That once again, if you get a damage, well, you will be in trouble. Now, I know since you have the box and then another box inside, that probably they can tell you or some people can be like, well, you know what? The, the cabin I storage in another place and I just use the, the cardboard, the brown cardboard box that it's inside of, of the box and then I just storage there, I don't care. Well, me, I'm the kind of player that I like to display my coolest games on the game room, right? So this is a game that I want to display because the, the box is fantastic, the art is fantastic and the game is very good, I like it. So that's the only thing that I need to be careful with the back of the box in order to avoid any, you know, bump or any small damage. Now, once again, I'm pretty sure our friends from Ankama Board Games, they will make sure if you order them through their website, um, you know, they, they will make sure that you get the package like in great conditions. But that's the only, probably one of the few cons. The other con that I have against, against the game, uh, which is not a con, but it's just, I don't know. I, I play, like I said, two, all the way two players to five players. Uh, that it's a game that it shines and it brights better three or more players. Two players, it plays fine, it plays fast because you place less cards, less item cards and all the stuff, you still play with the five survivors. But it will go faster, it will play like in 30 minutes, which is not bad, of course. A lot of you amazing listeners prefer like faster games, you know, especially if there are two players. But I just, it's just, it probably just me, but I just feel like they should have done like a variant for solo players. I mean, for solo, I'm sorry, for two players. Um, yeah, I think a variant uh, for this game, for two players, would be great. Something that can still make the game very challenging with only two players. Because the, if you play three or more players, it's great. I don't have any, that con, that con part will go away. But if you're playing two players, I feel like it ha should have had a, a variation for two players in order to make, to make the game more challenging. I don't know if they're gonna gonna be uh, coming with uh, some new campaign Kickstarter or something that they're gonna add that variant. I know that it just was finished the expansion for this game on Kickstarter. It was Kickstarter. The late pledge I think is done already. But anyway, if you're interested in the in the expansion like I am, then now I want to get it. I'm pretty sure that you can have information on Encama.com or the website of Encama Board Games, and also on their on their social media. They're very active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if not, there's going to be some news soon about that expansion. But anyway, I hope they can bring a new uh, two players more challenging mode. Like at the beginning, I told you, um, this game, I don't see playing it solo. And that's why we bring it to solo with friends. I think there's a fan-made uh, variant about the solo. But I don't feel that it will work right now. I feel like this game, in order to be solo, they need to release once again another expansion that, that it will make the game challenging for solo gamers but this game it's fantastic with friends i honestly recommend it if you have a group of friends that get together once in a while or if you don't have a group of friends this is the perfect game once again if you get this game and now that we're towards the fall and halloween you know this is a, a perfect opportunity that you can get this game bring it to your table with people that they don't play games and they will get fun, they will have fun, and probably they will get into the hobby, and probably now they will be interested, and they will be telling you, hey, well, hey, it was fun the other night when we played that Halloween game, that horror game, remember? I mean, we want to do it again, and that's when you can bring all, you can start to bring all your gaming from your game room. So this could be a good door for new hobby people, for new gamers, and like I said, or if you have your gaming group, or your friends, or your wife, or uh, if you play with whoever, this is a great game that it will feel great as well because it has a lot of very good mechanics. So generally speaking, Monster Slaughter, it's, I think, is going to be a must-have for solo with friends game. Especially if you like the theme. Especially if you like everything what I said so far about the game. Uh, this is for sure. Uh, give it a try. Check it out. This is for sure. Like If you have the opportunity to play it, well... Play it, try it, and you will see that you will be convinced and you will, will going to have a copy of the game. Um, but like I said, this is a... I don't regret at all having this game. I really appreciate it that I got a copy on Gen Con from our friends from Ankama Board Games and Luma Imports. And uh, like I told you, I was dumb and not backing this game because definitely, for me at least, because I like the theme, I like challenging games, I like games with replayability, and I already tried it many, many times and I have fun with everybody that I'm playing with. I think it's a must-have, at least for my library, and it's very cool. You won't regret. The art is fantastic. Components are fantastic. This was 
Monster Slaughter. You can get a copy of Monster Slaughter where you will ask me. Well, like I always, I will tell you, support your favorite local gaming stores, better known as Elf LGS. Uh, so if you can get a copy from them, always get them. Like here in Indianapolis, we're very lucky that we have many, many fa fantastic stores like uh, Family Time Games, Game Preserves, um, uh, Moon, uh, Moonshine, I think it's called the other one, uh, or Moonshot. <laughs> I guess Moonshine is the, the, the liquor. But anyway, uh, and usually on the, those gaming stores, you can go and you can, if they don't have any stuff, they can order it for you. And I'm pretty sure in, in stores around the country or around the world is the same. You go, they don't have a, a game, but you can order it. Now you could ask, well, I can do the same. I can go ahead and order it, I don't know, from Amazon. Yes, you can do that. And definitely, it's a valid option. And if you want to get the game from there, that's perfect. But if you want to support the gaming stores, well, there's that option also to give them a little bit of business and help us out. It helps us to, as a community to, you know, to get still those, uh, still enjoy from those places that we can go and play and meet more people and buy more games. But if you feel more comfortable doing it from Amazon, well, get it from Amazon. Also, you can go directly to the website, which I highly recommend, to the website of Ankama, Ankama Board Games, which I believe it's Ankama.com. But anyway, you can look for them in Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and then go from there. Ankama Board Games, it's A-N-K-A-M-A, -A -A, Ankama Board Games. Um, once again, this is a game that I don't regret at all. I highly recommend it for you to have on the shelf, at least to check it out. This is Monster Slaughter. You will have fun. You will have a lot of, you know, adventures and a lot of replayability and a lot of everything. So I really appreciate all of you amazing listeners to listen to this episode. Thank you very much. Once again, uh, from the bottom of my heart to all the people that follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoloBG Podcast. Thank you very much for all the comments that you sent. Um, you have no idea how rewarding that is and how fantastic it feels. And it just motivates me to keep doing uh, what I do. So thank you very much. As you know, I've been sharing with you many, many times. I do this from the love of the art, for you know, just for the joy of the hobby, to share the hobby with more people, even with my awful accent. And I don't get paid anything. I mean, I don't for the interviews, for the games, nothing. If publishers give me the games, well, that's fantastic, and we can share them. Uh, but you know, I, I don't get any money-wise speaking. I don't get any reimbursement from the podcast uh, because I do it for the love of the hobby. And that's why I thank you a lot for following us. And if you don't following us, please help us to following our show and supporting the show at Solo BG Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mark, hi, thank you very much, Mark from Not Bored Board Games. Thank you for your message. Uh, thank you for your kind words, man. And and keep doing great job with your channel, Not Bored uh, Gaming or Not Bored Board Game. Check it out. I shared the link on the Facebook page on Solo BG Podcast. Also, Mitharong from Chile. Hey, Mitharong, thank you so much for also uh, sharing the podcast on Instagram. And hi, my friend, thank you for the support as well. And to all of you amazing listeners, please don't doubt to reach me out once again in the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SoloBG Podcast. Also, you can send me an email at podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be in the show, well, let me know and we can arrange it. Why not? I would love to have you in the show. And we will have more games coming soon, more interviews, a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Actually, I feel like kind of, you know, trying to do things different now after the Gen Con. So if this was the last episode of August, and it was the episode of August with Solo with Friends, why not start September with another Solo with Friends? Uh, so let me know if you don't, if you want me to do that, I can do it. If you don't tell me otherwise, well, then on September, the first episode will be a Solo with Friends episode once again. Thank you so much. And I think that's all I have to say. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>